Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs. With companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. 15 minutes ago, the world changed. Companies are microchipping their workers. Robots are hiring humans. And brain-to-brain communication is a thing. This is all happening now. If you want to know what happens next, listen to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Okay, Boomer, we're back for another week of news and commentary. That's right. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's most dangerous and most Gen Xiest. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sowash. On this episode, Symphony Talent Gets Smashed, Four-Day Work Weeks Could Be Our Future, and Career Builder Jumps Into the Ring with a New Sponsorship. Can you smell what they're cooking? We'll be right back after this word from Job Ad X. Nope. Nah. Not for me. All these jobs look the same. Ugh, next! This is what perfectly qualified candidates are thinking as they scroll past your jobs. Just half-heartedly skimming job descriptions that aren't standing out to them. Face it, we live in a world that is all about content, content, content. So why do we expect job seekers to react differently while reading paragraphs and bullets in templated job descriptions? Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with Job AdX. Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, Job AdX seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing joinus at jobadx.com. That's join us at jobadx.com. Attract, engage, employ with Job AdX. Man. And we're back we for another week. We are back. 
I was worried this close to the the holidays, the the content would be a little little light, but it's uh, it's pretty meaty. We got a good show in, in store for everyone. Oh yeah, this is a good one. And, and kicking off, I've got to say, Adam Gordon from Candidate ID no, no, wins. No, <laughs> what 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 i've got <laughs> he went i didn't i didn't know if you were gonna save it till the end or just like come out swinging no, so we're, we're coming, coming out, out swinging, swinging. Yeah, all right we're gonna come out swinging so adam gordon from Canada id <laughs> wins the video of the week if not the month if not the fucking year so on on linkedin uh, adam gordon if you know adam gordon awesome guy amazing marketer and he probably did this on purpose probably not but maybe uh, no. he just <laughs> did a a video mm-hmm. uh where he was he was really combating the whole idea that uh the talent pipeline funnels are dead and people are talking about <laughs> infinity loops and so on and so forth so so he crafts it looks like out of cardboard two things this mm-hmm. one funnel i guess it <laughs> it, it was that looks like a penis and this person <laughs> out of cardboard that goes up in down the penis. So I guess it's time for the talent pipeline penis. <laughs> I mean, dude. The head of the penis is the job. The job requires the job. Oh, That's man. Win. Uh, if that doesn't dude. bring out your inner 14-year-old, nothing will. We're getting ready for the show. It popped up in my feed. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I start watching it, and I just could not stop laughing it is fucking hilarious here's here's what i'm saying if you are listening go directly to linkedin right now look up adam gordon go yep. to his his video watch it without Recent any audio yeah no audio just watch it <laughs> it is fucking hilarious dude and, and yes our our inner inner 14 12 to 14 year olds came oh, out yeah <laughs> Yeah, we, we, you and I sounded like Beavis and Butthead on the other end of the microphones laughing, laughing at this video because it was just so uh, obviously meatheaded. Yeah. So anybody who actually saw yeah. Adam pulling this together and, and watching him do a dry run and not look at that as a phallic symbol, as a penis, you, my friend, you weren't looking hard enough. I just can't imagine with the sense of humors that Scottish yes. folks have that that wasn't some subliminal <laughs> joke that he knew we, you and I would see and talk about it. Like it's that genius of marketing yes. that he uh, he knew we'd talk about it if he posted yes, it. Yes, I, I agree. And and a, another video, and jump into this while we're talking yeah. about 12-year-olds because we just pretty much interviewed a, a 12-year-old yesterday on Firing Squad. His name is Adam chambers uh firing squad's gonna come out probably next week week after it'll be sometime this month but from a company called yep. applet chat and it was hilarious because he has been getting ready for firing squad on chad and cheese for a while now and he mm-hmm. jumps on his mic sounds like shit he's in it you can tell he's in like a little boxy office where it's just echoing yep. like hell and then for probably about two to three minutes um, you hear him kind of like running around looking for another place. And then what does he do, Joel? He lays down in a bunch of pillows <laughs> to do the interview. And then he videotapes the yes. whole thing and then posts it uh, everywhere. So good on him, man. The, like The dude 
the dude can't be a day over oh, 16. Yes. I'm convinced. Like there's just no. And and you'll learn this in the firing squad. He does video streams with his customers. Like they have to look at him and think, are you, are you, can you even drink legally? I don't are, understand. I actually bought are something you an intern? from you. Uh, I, yeah. Like I just, is this a joke? Am I being punked? I don't get it. <laughs> so Adam Chambers Congrats, buddy. That was awesome. Good on you, man. Shout yes, out. Yes, you you deserve big time shout out for for getting couch cushions, laying on the ground, and sounding awesome during firing squad. No doubt, no doubt. Shout out to uh, job.com and asses first. <laughs> uh, we we posted their deathmatch presentations uh, on the uh, on the uh, on the feed this week. Always entertaining and always nice. And also thanks to uh, Alexander Man Solutions for sponsoring. Death That's Match. right. That's right. Shout out to the U.S. Postal Service for eating their own dog food and using direct mail to recruit. Now, is, <laughs> was that did you actually get that in the mail? I actually got that in the mail. It was uh, for jobs at the post office. Uh-huh. They show the hourly uh, hourly you know rate. Uh, hourly uh-huh. pay for those. Most of them were rural jobs, so I assume that they're having trouble filling some of those rural positions. But sure. yeah, I'm I'm sure that's a pretty cost effective way for the post office to uh, promote its jobs. It's sort of like when Google promotes its job openings on Google. Very nice. Shout out to Recruitology. Oh, uh, we have a new Shred sponsor. Hello. Uh, they were they were lucky enough to get in uh, on our first story, the Smashfly symphony talent acquisition so uh, they couldn't have gotten in on a better time to get their message out so go check out recruitology and uh and learn more yes shout out to so-called job search experts slash life coaches slash whatever the fuck they want to call themselves I i would really love for these people to stop peddling stupid shit to job seekers uh i was on twitter earlier this week and um liz ryan her 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 her, uh, handle is at human workplace and she's also the author of the book reinvention roadmap Mm -hmm. there's more to that you can figure that out if you want to i saw somebody reply to one of her tweets and and she had a question the question on her tweet was even if a company recruiter reaches out to you you still have to fill out an application Uh, Yeah, Um, that is one big pile of shit. How would you get into their system otherwise? Right. And then she goes on to answer the question. Answer. Everyday people have casual conversations about jobs, even more casual conversations about pain and solutions and blah, 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 blah. They do all of this without filling out forms. And it's like, wait a minute. People can't even see you in their system to be able to talk to you about a job to push you through the process from a compliance standpoint, unless you're in the fucking system. Now, we all know, don't get me wrong, the application process for the most part sucks. Yeah. But, but you still have to go through that process if you're looking to get the job. And what she's saying is, yeah, just go have drinks with a recruiter. You know, that's the way that you get the job. Uh, and possibly fined by the EEOC or OFCCP. Yeah. Right? There's that option too. Just just be on the internet. That's all you need. 
<laughs> Shout out to Kinsey Academy. Uh, no one else will know this oh, story. Yeah. This, is an, this is a local company in Indianapolis. They got $100 million freaking dollars to help uh, sort of lower income urban kids learn engineering skills. So so good for them. We talk a lot about going outside of the traditional education uh, road, and, and these guys are, are making waves in that industry. So Kinsey Academy, good on you. Uh, we need more engineers, and uh, you just got a hundred million dollars to uh, train some more. Uh, yeah, so I I would love I would love for companies to start picking up the ball on this instead of having to do grants. I mean, a hundred million dollars is awesome. This whole story is awesome, but the biggest problem here is this isn't a part of the actual fabric of what a, an organization is doing to be able to drive the types of talent that they want into their company long term. And again, we look at the military and what the military has done over the years to be able to subsidize uh, individuals college, whether it's on the the front end with ROTC or the back end with the actual uh, military college funds that they have. These are the ways that we get the types of individuals into our positions, not just today, but next month next year, in the next five years. And this is how we get the skills that we need to get it done. I love this from the standpoint of we do have areas, segments, whether it's around Indianapolis or any major metro anywhere in the United States that is underserved. We need to do a better job there. And this is this is a great story about how we here in Indiana are, are at least making that happen. Go Hoosiers. Good shit. Shout out to uh, the gig economy that had a, a pretty tough week this week. Uh, Uber released uh, Q3 earnings. They're losing over a billion dollars a quarter. Ouch. <laughs> uh, they're telling everyone that 2021 is going to be the year of profitability. Um, WAG, which is a as a dog owner you probably know about, uh-huh. uh, is a company that will pay people sort of gig wise to walk your dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an app and they tell you when your dog pooped and how many times he peed and all that good stuff. So they, they're trying to sell the hell out of this company. Uh, they got $300 million in investment. Uh, word is they're trying to sell it for about a third of that cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Airbnb, we had uh, some fun Halloween murders at one of the uh, Airbnb uh, rentals. So it was a tough week for the gig economy. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, canary in the coal mine kind of stuff, but 20, uh, 2020 should be an interesting time for the gig economy. I agree. And we'll be watching. Go figure. Obviously. Big shout out to all veterans. Uh, veterans Day is coming on Monday here in the United States. And instead of just doing the regular thanking a veteran for their service, uh, say something or or better yet, do something that's meaningful for that veteran, right? We're buy them a coffee or something like that. Um, Doesn't have to be charity. Just do something meaningful. That's more than, hey, thanks for your service. Go hug a vet, everybody. Give them a big hug. Just just keep them the hell away from Adam Adam Gordon (laughs) because that dude's got issues. All right, you ready to get to the news? Smashfly acquired by Symphony Talent. Symphony wow. Talent, formerly known as Hodes. Yeah, yeah. Finally, Hodes. Hodes. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of. Th- you know, you know what really interested me before we get into the guts of this? The press release didn't didn't sure. mention Tom Kenny at all. Well, he's gone, right? 
basically. Yeah, but he's the CEO <laughs> who took the reins over a little bit of a year ago. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is his third acquisition. So, I mean, personally, I don't think this acquisition happens without having a leader like that. And then also the team that's under him to be able to really inspire them mm -hmm. to do what they did. Uh, and they've been around since 2007, right? He takes the reins. First, he was the CTO. That's when we first interviewed him. He was the CTO, took over a CEO, pretty pivotal player in this yeah. but but void void of of the press release yeah and, and very a very vocal ceo he's been on our show you know at least once or twice and if nothing else the the you know the this the blueprint for this is usually uh you know tom will be joining the advisory board or he'll be part of whatever for the transition period and then tom puts a quote in there like you know, this is a great marriage. The future's bright, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I agree that not having him in the release, uh, especially for a company, two companies that know marketing pretty well, uh, is is an interesting take for sure. Either way, great exit. Uh, he's on the beach sipping uh, fruity drinks, margaritas, Mai Tais, some shit like that. Uh, good for him. Great for the staff uh, at uh, at Smashfly and, and congrats, Symphony. Yeah. Now you're you're closer to this a little bit than I am. I mean, any any insight on what brand are they going to go with? Uh, who's going to come over to what? Uh, are people getting different positions? Do you have any insight uh, in terms of that aspect of things? Yeah, there haven't been huge shifts. Um, financial terms were not disclosed. Uh, Rupesh yeah. Nair is the president of, of and CEO of Symphony Talent is going to lead the new Smashfly organization. I have to say that, you know, give, give some props to Rupesh uh, because you might remember there was a lot of mess to clean up because uh, First Advantage was acquired by, God, what were they called at the time? Uh, there was just STG. So the actual STG, the, the PE firm, mm -hmm. bought first advantage in 2011 then they acquired findly in 2012 who acquired wow. bernard hodis in 2013 and there was a train wreck i mean there were all these different brands all these different technologies mm -hmm. people running around cats and dogs living together um then symphony talents uh group the actual private e equity group stepped up from the background and said this this shit's going to stop so in 2016 created symphony talent and and i believe that's when rupesh actually came in to to start leading the organization so i think it's important to understand all the pieces parts in the history of how these two organizations are coming together yep I had totally forgot about finally. Thanks for bringing them up. Blast from the past. So you did you did the shred on this, and and it was one. It was a great shred. So so talk about sort of what the companies do and what sort of you know your insight on a competitive advantage against obviously TMP is in is in the picture here as well. Um, and then you you talk a little bit about some of the other competitors to Smashfly and what they might be looking at doing, such as Beamery. Yeah. Um, so you, you have two organizations that are coming together that are going to have a portfolio of over six, 600 uh, companies, big logos that, that, that they're actually servicing. Um, one of the things that we've noticed with Symphony Talent is that there was nothing to notice, really. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, um, from a PR standpoint, what have you, they've been very stealthy in what they've yeah. been doing. Um, uh, but I, I believe, and in, in what we're hearing, the rumblings wise, is that 
is going to change with this acquisition. Um, being able to pull in a big brand, a very vocal brand sure. like Smashfly, um, that to me is is really the exciting part to see how those two brands come together. Now, from my standpoint, to me, Smashfly is the far better brand of these two. And if I were recommend, making recommendations, I would say get rid of the Symphony brand and put it all under Smashfly. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that won't happen because you've got to remember who the private equity group is. Symphony Talent Group, right? Uh, they created Sym- Symphony Talent because of all the disparate brands and uh, services and technology that they had before to be able yeah. to consolidate. I think they'll pull Smashfly in and the Smashfly brand will eventually go away. It is a strong brand. It's an awesome brand, but I... I think it'll eventually go away. And, you know, overall, I think it does make sense from a strategic standpoint. Um, But the question is, how do they pivot all of this momentum into the Symphony brand? Uh, It's not easy. It never is. No. Um, And, you know, we talk a lot about these acquisitions, like they're going to snap their fingers and it's going to be hunky-dory and everyone's going to get along and it's going to be great. And acquisitions are hard. Yes. Like tech is different. People are different. Locations are different. Cultures are different. You know, this by no means, although it's been touted as a great move, is a slam dunk success, just like any other acquisition um, out there. But I do think that when we look at, you know, combining forces and the CRM piece with, you know, the ATS and the the branding and, and all that, it's a great move. And, and you think it's a direct sort of strike against what TMP is doing. Um, particularly on maybe the programmatic side and one ups them, I guess, on the CRM piece. Yeah, I mean, TMP had has four ac- acquisitions this year so far, um, but I believe this one uh, is is actually bigger than the sum of those four. Yeah. I think that it makes a hell of a lot of sense for for Symphony, um, for TMP. And then you have like you think about even smaller firms like Recruitix buying KRT, uh, you know, they, starting to really understand that the services piece, you can't do this tech without the services anymore. The experience yeah. is everything, right? So you can't do one without the other, which makes me th- wonder what's going to happen with Beamery and Phenom. I know Workday has some money, I believe, into to Beamery. But Workday yep. doesn't have the services that a company is going to need uh, from an experience and, and, and a creative standpoint. Phenom is trying to, to be that for, for everybody, but there's going to be a limit for them to be able to, to do that. So it'll be interesting to watch all of that, all of that come together. If it does. Yeah, I agree. I guess within the chatbot world, although we don't talk a lot about Emerson, um, it is one of their product offerings uh, at Smashfly. And it'll be interesting to see how Emerson evolves. That's a paradox product. That's a partnered product. So, you know, that's not an asset. I mean, Emerson is really just a new face on uh, Paradox. So does this put Paradox in the catbird seat to be acquired by Symphony? It's a good possibility. And to be that integrated into a system where you didn't even know it was it was white labeled into a system that says something for that kind of a partnership. That's what they wanted. Uh, Any other commentary on this acquisition? It's just exciting watching all of these players move, acquire, shift. 
um, is pretty exciting. I, from my standpoint, you know, wanting to 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 get on the horn with Joe Shaker, this has got to be exciting for uh, him and uh, a Shaker recruitment marketing as well. Uh, because again, this mm-hmm. just brings more validation that creative means more than anything when it comes to this. You can have any tech that you want, but if you have a shitty experience, you don't have creative build around it, you don't have great messaging, all of it fucking sucks. So I think right now is definitely the the age of the ad agency. And the ATS, maybe? Maybe the ATS. Agency and ATS? Possibly. It's definitely like who can collect the most toys. <laughs> It's sort of like who can buy the most job sites in 2005. Yeah, that's not the case, though, because Monster collected a shit ton of toys, threw them in the closet and didn't do anything with them. So it's all about who can who can exact (laughs) right. Who can who can actually execute on those toys? Monster is sucking right now because they were acquiring who knew who knows why they were acquiring other than for, you know, trophies. But yeah, I mean, it. They, they're going to have to execute on these acquisitions. All right, let's take a break. Let's listen from uh, a word from Sovereign, and we'll talk about higher view under fire. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Higher view AI under fire. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. This is in the Washington Post. A prominent rights group is urging the Federal Trade Commission, that's the FTC for all of you out there, uh, to take on the recruiting technology company Hireview, Yeah. arguing that the firm has turned to unfair and deceptive trade practices in its use of face scanning technologies to assess job candidates. This is pretty big, man. I mean, this this really is. For a company like HireVue, who is really focused heavily on AI and tech, and they start talking about yep. the face scanning ability, bias is going to hit them very hard. I don't know how they I don't know how they back out of this. Yeah, we we've talked about uh, the Illinois sort of law that came out to make them make more transparency in terms of job seekers knowing that they're being analyzed by artificial intelligence. Uh, this group Epic, which is what they're called, uh, officially the Electronic Privacy Information Center. Epic sounds a lot more intimidating, but they've come out and, and, and said they've made an argument. Uh, yeah. Now, the FTC has not done anything to date, which is important uh, to note. Uh, the FTC declined to comment as well as did higher view. Uh, but to me, the, the statement from the release uh, that the post talked about was, you know, uh, Epic said that higher views, quote, intrusive collection and secret analysis of biometric data uh, causes substantial privacy and financial harms. They added because these algorithms are secret, uh, it is impossible for job candidates to know how their personal data is being used or to consent to such uses. Yeah, this is some real shit. Uh, it goes back to privacy stuff, the individual, how are they being impacted? And I think it's even a bigger potential strike against AI in general. Um, and we talk about white box and black box and transparency and how is this stuff being used? Like companies are going to have to you know, publish how this stuff is being used, how it's being diced and sliced and how companies and people are affected by it. Yes. Yeah. Now, so in the New York Times, sometimes 
time last year. Yep. They actually did a piece on facial recognition and whether it was accurate or not. And it is very accurate if you're a white guy. When the person in the photo is a white guy, the software is right about 99% of the time. But mm-hmm. the darker the skin, the more errors arise, up to nearly 35% for images of darker skinned women. And again, this is all about bias. And we're just talking about skin color right now. What about an individual who has a, a disability and they don't react the way yeah. that, quote unquote, the AI has been trained to see how a reaction happens, right? What if you're nervous? What's the difference between being nervous or well rehearsed? I mean, because that person was nervous, does that mean that they can't do the job? Sure. This has nothing to do with qualifications and it has everything to do with bias. Yeah. And let's not forget, uh, Amazon originally tried this and scrapped the whole system because of the bias that was basically built into the system. Yep. Didn't want them women. Got to get those women out of here, right? I mean, this is, again, it's just another way uh, for us to be able to impact a segment of the population who has already been negatively impacted. It makes no fucking sense. So if you are higher of you and you are listening, we know you are, you need to back the fuck out of this, man. This makes no sense whatsoever. If you're doing this behind the scenes and you're not selling it as a product because you're trying to learn things, okay, great. This is something that you've got to get away from. And, uh, Epic added that, you know, robots compare you against existing success stories. They don't look for out of the box candidates. Interesting take. Not all humans are the same. Not everybody reacts the same. And and again, it just it's too biased. We've got to get we've got to get away from yeah. this. What is a model employee, right? That's very subjective. Yeah. Well, moving on uh, from higher views and privacy, we go to Indeed's privacy policy, which has been updated. Um, I received an email, which I'm sure many others did, that Indeed was basically putting its privacy policy under all of its uh, sister companies, which include Glassdoor uh, and quite a few other companies. And it's under the interesting... Interestingly, under the URL, HRTechPrivacy.com, some of the other sites in, in addition to Glassdoor, you'll remember Simply Hired, you'll remember SIFT, uh, recent acquisition, Resume.com, Canadians will know Workopolis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're basically coming out and putting uh, all your data potentially under all these sites is basically how I read it. They'll all be under the same brand. Uh, interestingly, on this page, they have the benefits of data sharing. Uh, the last point of the benefits Data sharing facilitates better security for users. I'm not sure in what world sharing data is more secure, but anyway, uh, quote, such data sharing allows our sites to better protect their users. In particular, it allows the sites to improve user security and internal operations to troubleshoot and detect and prevent fraud and spam. So if you're on Indeed, suspect that your data is on all of their sister sites very soon, if not already. Yeah, this to me seemed more CYA than anything else. Um, they, they've got to cover their asses for GDPR. The big question is yep. how how a job seeker can go into their system and, and do all of these things. Uh, how can I change my data? How can I, how can I, you know, delete my data? Those types of things. Um, yep. That's the big key. You know, they, they own the data, not, not indeed. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think we see more companies doing this just to be able to do a CYA dance around GDPR mm-hmm. and the regulations that will come to the US. Yep. Also interesting how it could affect employers. I have heard rumblings that 
although Indeed isn't on Google for jobs in most parts of the world, uh-huh. uh, that jobs are being cross-posted to Glassdoor, and then those jobs are being listed on Google for jobs, which yeah. is a way to for Indeed to kind of get around that whole public stance. So yeah, this whole trading of data and sharing of data, uh, Indeed took another step into doing that. It affects employees and and, uh, and job seekers for sure, um, but it probably extends over to all their users. Agreed. Uh, let's get a quick word from Canvas, and we'll talk about four-day weeks and Career Builder's new sponsorship. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. Let's talk four-day work weeks. Who doesn't love four-day work weeks? All right. I do. So Microsoft Japan trialed a four-day work week over the summer and found productivity actually increased by 39.9% and absences decreased by more than 25%. Uh, The company also found that 92.1% of workers who participated in the trial said they enjoyed the four-day work week. Why that wasn't 100%, I'm not quite sure, but it still is a good number of folks. I think, or at least some of the studies that I've actually seen is that uh, after a a while some individuals uh really enjoy their space their, their workspace they love being around people and then when they're not that one day uh they feel like they're missing something so yeah i think those people are weird but they exist and again this is what makes us human but we're different we, we are different so that that eight percent or whatever it was probably just people who uh they they are driven off of they get energy off of being in their office and being around other people um the rest of them love to be able to get a little silence from that fucker who won't leave you alone uh, and actually get some work done. Yeah, that guy who clips his toenails next to you is a real pain in the ass. But, <laughs> you know, to me, like if if four if four day work weeks became the norm, we'd have the same issues as we do in a five day work week. In other words, because people because it was special, people probably felt like, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting a reward, like I'm getting something, a benefit. So I'm going to work harder. I'm not going to miss days because I'm missing that extra day. If work weeks were just four week, four days long, like we'd have the same problems that we do at a, at a, with a five-day work week. So when it becomes not special, then it's not a big deal. Sort of like casual Fridays, right? That used to be a big deal. Now, pretty much every day is casual Friday in every office. So it's like not a thing anymore. And one of the reasons cited for the increase in productivity is that people realize they had less time to do their work. So they ended up spending less time in meetings. So this started changing their behavior. So I think what what's happening is, is that, you know, that that extra day uh, has pretty much padded everything with meetings and we needed to get our shit done. So we had a compressed time to get our shit done and boom, it got done. Yep. That that all comes down 
to. I really think it depends on the load that an individual has to get done um, and how fast they work it. I mean, there are some individuals who can really get shit done, great product, great service or what have you in a very short amount of time. And some others, it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's what you're going to see. I also don't think that with the virtuality of, of jobs now that you never really get a day off. Uh, aside from maybe Sunday. So it'd be interesting to know if if these people were still working on Friday, although it was at home, that maybe if they were more productive at home, that that made up for the total productivity throughout the week. Either way, the story is sort of generalized and we, we aren't digging into this extensively, but there are a lot of variables here that could be coming into play that, that we're not thinking about or know. I, I think it's pretty simple. It doesn't matter where you work. You have a specific amount of work that has to be done. Mm-hmm. It'll be done or you don't have a job. Yeah, that's basically that, that's fairly simple. So it doesn't matter if I'm sitting and this is what I always I had an issue with uh, my, a, a boss of mine who was stuck in the 19 fucking 50s. Be there at eight. Don't leave before five. And if you leave at 501, that's still bad. That that kind yep. of a thing. It's like, yeah, but my team is getting their shit done. As a matter of fact, they're they're killing it. Yeah, that is the metric in which we should be looking at as opposed to nine to five, whether it's four days a week or five days a week, it's what you give them the actual mission. And again, this is more of kind of like my, my military bearing, I think is more focused on the mission and objectives. Did we hit it? Did we knock it out of the park? Then yes, then you can do that wherever you want. I don't care where you work, just get it done. Yeah. Now you, we have some good uh, information from our buddy, Jamie Leonard at Wreckfest, uh, who tried this yes. four day work week and really liked it, I guess. Yeah, he did. And as a matter of fact, we're going to be talking to him tomorrow. So look for, a podcast to, uh, will come out talking a little bit more deeply into uh, what they did at the recruitment events company, how it worked, and, and there were pros and cons. And, and we're looking forward to talking to him about that. All right. Career Builder has a new sponsorship, which is odd. Uh, they're sponsoring the WWE. That's the World Wrestling Entertainment Company or something. Entertainment company. Yeah, they, they've left their sponsorship with the PGA, which I guess they had for three some years. And they've come over to wrestling or wrestling, as we call it here in Indiana. Yes. And it seems like a very odd target market business. Um, aside from the demographics, the business is tanking. It's a public company. So we know that you know viewership over the last five years is basically cut in half. Younger people don't give a shit anymore. Uh, they'd rather play Xbox and whatever, Fortnite. So this is a challenge business, although you could certainly say Career Builder is also a challenge business. So maybe they just got this sponsorship off the clearance rack. Although sponsorships with wrestling typically doesn't strike me as an inexpensive opportunity. Right. So they're trying to get people to download uh, the mobile app at these things. Now they're not pushing Pokemon Go for jobs. I think it'd be funny if you could like point your phone at certain wrestlers and maybe they could sponsor jobs for each wrestler and companies could like NASCAR each wrestler. But anyway, I think this is sort of a funny sponsorship. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Usually companies with jobs try to sponsor, you know, technology or diversity, which I guess WWE does. What are your thoughts? I think uh, Hello Career Builder 2010 called and they want their marketing campaign back. I mean, this is yeah everybody trying to download apps and all that shit when it was really hot and it's ridiculous i i don't know why you're trying to get somebody to jump through all these fucking hoops it's interesting that they went from one demographic being the pga to an entirely different 
demographic being the WWE. Yep. That's more of a marketing, you know, demographic target than anything else, but it is a big swing. Last year they had Pokemon for jobs. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on on, you know, HR tech space. I mean, it's it just none of this makes sense. What they're doing, none of it makes <laughs> Sense. Yeah, let's have a ten by ten by ten booth at HR Tech and sponsor WWE. Now, I would get behind it if they brought the Career Builder Monkeys back and the monkeys could wrestle in the ring. Now, that would be something I could get behind. Yes, and I'm not I'm not behind any of this, by the way. Just so <laughs> we out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.